ever wondered how top brands take the leap from fledgling businesses to industry leaders? Stay tuned. Welcome, it's Talk Commerce, your gateway to peek behind the e-commerce curtain. I'm your host, Veronica Costello, sailing the waters of digital marketing intrigue with you. Today, we are joined by a woman who's walking the tightrope between creativity and strategy with grace, shaping the path for e-commerce brands to grow their bottom line. Presenting Lauren Schwartz, the CEO and founder of The Loft 325, a creative agency with a vision to redefine the use of creative execution, social campaigns and marketing strategies for e-commerce success. Fasten your seatbelts, listeners. We're about to enter a world of eye-opening insights and powerful strategies. But first, let's have a quick word from our sponsors. Great news for the Magenta community. Hoofa is now fully supported by Amnesty, the number one Magento extension provider. With a catalog of over 250 Magento products and solutions and a full range of custom development services, Amnesty actively invests in providing compatibility with the Hoofa theme. 33 solution compatibilities have already been released and are available as part of the regular product subscription with no extra charge. And many more new compatibilities are coming. In partnership with Hoofa, Amnesty is focused on providing its clients with high quality extensions, great performance, and a high level of service. Visit amnesty.com for more details. That's A-M-A-S-T-Y.com. And remember to tell them Talk Commerce sent you. Is your Magento site moving at a snail's pace? Believe it or not, you're in the same boat as 90% of Magento store owners. Let's add a splash of optimism. I recently had a client who revived their site by switching to Hoofa. Their excitement was contagious. Hoofa is more than just a theme. It's like having a secret weapon in your e-commerce arsenal. Picture this, you're crafting an online space that's as vibrant, engaging, and dynamic as your brand. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? That's the Hoofa magic! Performance, top-notch, usability, smooth as butter! With Hoofa, hitting Google Lighthouse scores of 100 isn't a dream, it's reality! My client and I have been on this exhilarating journey, and I tell you, it's a game-changer! But hey, Hoofa isn't just about turbocharging your performance, it's about putting a personal stamp on your store. The theme is fully customizable. Play around, express yourself, make it truly yours! My client has been having a blast watching their online storefront transform supercharged by Hufa's powerful features and tools. Ready for transformation? Why not test drive Hufa and feel the difference yourself? Visit hyva.io. That's hyva.io. And when you get there, don't forget to mention that Talk Commerce sent you. Trust me, you're in for a treat. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Lauren Schwartz. Lauren, go ahead, uh, give us an introduction, tell us your day-to-day role and maybe one of your passions in life. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, Brent. Um, yeah, so I am the owner of The Loft 325. It's a creative studio uh, specifically focused on ad creatives for e-commerce brands. Um, so I'm the owner, founder. Um, yeah, that's essentially my my day-to-day -day role. <laughs> um, and then, do you see my passions? Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah, um, one of your passions. Or all of your passions. Unless yeah. it's like a, an hour long. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think my biggest passion, especially within uh, business and e-commerce is really just educating, I think, new creatives or new creators on the platforms on which they will be actually creating on. So um, I've made it a big push this year to really be more informative in, you know, speaking to new designers, um, video editors to really help them kind of figure out their you know, where, do, where exactly do they want to go with their creative pursuit? So, uh, yeah, I would say that's probably my biggest passion right now. Excellent. And, um, I know that you agreed earlier, re reluctantly agreed to have <laughs> me tell you a joke. Um, uh, it is a cringe worthy, worthy joke. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna joke about that, but I'll tell you a joke. You should just tell me if it should be free or if sometime or at some point we can pay for it, or maybe I could monetize it on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um, I tried to have a conversation with my wife when she was applying a med mask. You should have seen the filthy look on the face. <laughs> um, I would say not paid. <laughs> yeah, my delivery was pretty sloppy there. It's been a long day already. I, I apologize. Um, well, let's, you know, let's let's dive into the topic of tip, TikTok and e-commerce. I'm super interested in e-commerce. In our green room, I said I ran an e-commerce agency. So I, 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 I believe in video, in e-commerce, and how we can drive traffic to people's websites and, and products and product pages. So give us a little overview of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, in TikTok, I think kind of the biggest thing now is that it's you know, a lot of advertisers are now understanding, I, th I think more just like understanding that it's important to be diversified on different platforms. And I think TikTok kind of brings in that different element of entertainment and not, not necessarily having to be so salesy all the time. I think it kind of lets brands step away from more of their branded content and just really lets them kind of be a little bit more free in how they actually want to talk about their products. So um, I think TikTok is just kind of a new way to, you know, really get people engaged with what they're trying to sell, but in, you know, in just a more like entertainment sort of way. Um when you talk about brands and they want to get, they want to, they want to do some of that creativity. And we mentioned my, my problem right now is it was, my problem was my bandwidth. How can you help them both be creative, but also take action on that creativity? Yeah, I think, you know, again, especially for brand owners, you know, it's really hard to, I think they look at TikTok as another platform that they have to get on and they have to, you know, engage with their audience and so I think the thing that I always kind of tell brand owners is that you don't necessarily have to, you know, 
always post all the time. Um, I think the, the point is, is that you want to start developing content on just, you know, everything. So whether that's you, the brand owner talking, um, having people in your, you know, in your industry or, um, sorry, who work with you, your employees, maybe, you know, talk about the brand as well, just get more faces in there. Um, I think there's just different ways to kind of showcase everything that has to go along with your brand and your product. Um, and, and having creators who work with you too is also a really great way to kind of sort of get that content that you need for, you know, sharing information about your brand. Talk a little bit about how having that creator or that third party that's maybe not one of your employees help with the creativity part or even finding spots in your brand where you could and should be creative, you know, like an agency, right? They're, they're there to be as an external view of your brand and inside your brand, oftentimes you miss things. Talk, talk a little bit of why that's important. Yeah, I think, again, like it's always good to step outside of your actual brand. So having these creators kind of come in as a third party perspective, it just gives new insights and sort of new life to the brand itself and how you want it to be talked about. So I always, you know, again, like working with content creators is I think a great way to kind of get new perspective on what exactly the product is or what the brand is trying to showcase. Because again, like it's new to them. They have, you know, either the product or they're experiencing, you know, whatever service you're offering for the first time. And so they kind of get that new perspective in and it's not, not really so, you know, jaded, I guess, with like what, what the internal team is already kind of focused on. Um, when it comes to TikTok, if you're a B2B brand and they'll say, well, I've, we've tried, you know, Instagram or Reels or whatever, Facebook, whatever it is, how do you convince them to at least try something like TikTok? Um, that's actually, it's, it's hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's hard. I think everyone is right now a little bit, you know, they're still a little skeptical about it, but I always say, you know, the best thing to do is at least test it. I think if you have the budget to allocate, you know, some spend towards it, making sure that you're getting creatives and creators who understand the platform and who are, um, you know, they know how to shoot content for the, for TikTok specifically. I think it's, it's always good to at least test it. And then if it, you know, if you start to test it, it's not really, whether you don't like to do it or you just don't feel that there's value in it, then, I mean, obviously you can not be on it, but I would just say, you know, it's always good to at least test and try it. And when you say spend, are you talking about the spend ads you do on TikTok or just spending the creative to make it? Um, both actually, I mean, spending the, you know, making sure that you're getting creators who understand TikTok, making sure that you're getting creative editors who understand TikTok, and then the ad spend that you're willing to put towards, um, you know, getting the ad seen on TikTok as well. It seems like the most successful videos on TikTok are the ones that are just sort of, um, they seem like they're random. Yeah. <laughs> And the ones that are most scripted are the ones that people are turned off. Is there is there a formula that you recommend when going into a TikTok video to make it that doesn't seem like it's a Hollywood production? I think again, it depends. Like, there's some ads that we that we've run where it has been really scripted, but it's performed well. 
And then we've also seen the ads that literally it's just showing, I mean, the most random thing, you know, a, a girl outside walking with text overlay and that doesn't perform well. I don't know. It just, again, it like, it depends on the brand. I think it depends on what you're actually saying. Does it interest them enough to want to stop? Um, it's, it's hard to say. I, I feel like we have seen, you know, winners with scripted, but then we've also haven't seen winners with scripted. So really, I mean, it's kind of one of those things like with TikTok, you have to be testing constantly and you have to make sure that you're getting a lot of creative in there, um, on like a regular basis. Um, talk about during the creative process, how you can repurpose that, like you can repurpose your Instagram or your reels, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and maybe some YouTube in different formats when you're doing the filming to at least utilize the content on other platforms. Is that, do you recommend that? Oh yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I mean, if you, if you're getting this content creation, you know, from your creators, always ask for the raw content. Um, because then at least, like you said, you could repurpose it in other areas, uh, cut it up, you know, add a new three second hook, whatever you need to do. <clears throat> but yeah, I definitely would recommend putting it on other platforms. Talk about that three second hook, because I've heard a lot about that on TikTok. If you don't get somebody's attention in a couple of seconds, you're never going to get their attention. Yeah. I mean, we say three second hook, but really it's like not even a second. <laughs> It's, I mean, you have to think like people are on TikTok and they scroll so quickly. It's basically less than a second. It's, it's, you either get them or they scroll right past you. So there has to be something engaging enough to at least get them to stop for a second. Um, but again, that's, you know, it depends on kind of what you're posting, what you're showing. And it's a really hard thing to kind of like visually understand of like, how am I going to get this person to stop when things are going so rapidly? So, um, yeah, I mean, really it's kind of less than a second. If you don't grab them as they're scrolling by, then they're probably going to scroll right past you. Do you think the only way to get uh, Gen Xers involved is to have their kids send them TikTok videos on their chats and their, in their, inst in their, um, messages? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's, I mean, definitely they're really good at, at seeing what's trending and seeing what's working. But, you know, I think, I think if you're just on the platform, you kind of start to understand what people are liking and, you know, what's kind of curated to you. But you can, I mean, if you look in to see what's trending, you can kind of see what people are, are gravitating towards, which then can help you, obviously, as you're working on creatives to say, okay, well, this is kind of what's trending, then this is what I need to you know, basically do. Um, when, when you talk about what's trending, is there, is there, a, I'm, I'm assuming there's a way to analyze whatever you're selling to figure out how can I make a, a video that, that overlaps with what's trending? Is that kind yeah. of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there's a lot of times when we work on creatives where we will look to see what is trending in the platform. And really we can kind of take those learnings and then manipulate them into an ad format where we're still kind of using the same transitions, copy, uh, visual styling so that we can then make it again, look like a TikTok, so that it doesn't necessarily look like an ad. So it is really important to understand the trends of TikTok so that you can adapt quickly and, you know, add it to your strategy. Is the, is the way to do that? 
through hashtags like on other platforms or what is the best way for you to get discovered on TikTok other than just becoming viral? Um, yeah, I mean, organically, I think it's, again, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I think everyone always talks about going viral, but it's actually really hard to go viral. Um, you know, the things that do tend to go viral, you know, again, it's kind of, it's kind of a crapshoot, honestly. I mean, it doesn't really, there's no rhyme or reason to why it goes viral. Um, I think it's just whatever that is happening in that instance is just what made people adapted to it. But, um, yes, obviously trending hashtags are still relevant. Um, you know, making sure that you're getting on the trending page. Music is obviously trending, um, is a good way to get seen organically. So I think if you're making sure that you're understanding like what the trends are and you're doing them in a way that is still engaging and entertaining, then you have potential to reach more audiences that you need to when you're, when you're organically trying to, to get new followers. I've had this debate with other clients about organic growth versus paid growth, right? And organic growth, I, I, I always put towards like over 12 years, you might get, uh, you might double your triple or quadruple your growth, uh, your, your follower base or get people to some traction on what you're doing. Paid usually gets it right away. It, so is paid, and, and also I've also heard that TikTok is still fairly affordable mm -hmm. for paid ads. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I mean, I think, again, I think one of the great things about TikTok is that it's not as saturated as Facebook and Instagram, especially on the paid ad side, because it's still a pretty new platform in running paid advertising. So you can be the money that you're putting towards TikTok. It does go, I, I would say maybe it goes further than it does in obviously Facebook and Instagram. Um, but in terms of like organic versus paid, you know, I think that especially with TikTok, I think one of the biggest things is that you still have to have an organic presence on TikTok because TikTok people can be pretty pretty brutal in how they respond to things. And so if you're posting all these ads, but you have zero organic, in, like zero organic videos, you're, they're going to call you out right away. I mean, most of the time people will go to your page to check you out. And if there's nothing on there, then it kind of looks like just a fake, a fake site. And so, you know, people, people are pretty harsh. They're kind of like Reddit people where they'll just like attack you if you're running ads, but you don't have anything organic. So I would still say, obviously, put money towards your organic side and grow that as well. But you can definitely put money towards paid, too. And let's let's move into the e-commerce part, because the idea of a TikTok video for an e-commerce person would be to ultimately sell something. Mm -hmm. How do you get them to convert or go from TikTok to the actual product? I mean, again, service? I yeah, I think, again, like with TikTok, it's depending on, you know, kind of what you're selling, I would say that the TikTok audience always like they like to look for deals. They like to look for, uh, you know, cheaper, more affordable products. So I would say if you're going to go on TikTok to get them to click always, you know, if you have an influencer or content creator, give them a code because people love codes and they want to, you know, add that in as they're clicking through. And then I would say, you know, again, go for your more affordable products. I would say things 
probably less than a hundred dollars um, because most people don't want to like on TikTok if they're on it they don't want to spend you know five six hundred dollars on a product um, it can work but majority of the time they want to find the more inexpensive product so um, I would say you know as you're kind of making your videos again like giving them codes and getting them to click is a great way to get people to your site. Can we talk a little bit about this potential ban of TikTok and what that means for people? Yeah, the the TikTok ban is, you know, it's, you know, such a buzz right now. It's it's I I don't know or necessarily think it will get banned, but I always tell people like you have to make sure, especially when you're going and running paid social, that the strategy that you have on Facebook or Meta is like, you have to make sure that that is your bread and butter. I, majority of the time, that's, is, that's what's going to be your probably your main paid acquisition channel. And so if you have all your eggs in one basket on TikTok, then really at the end of the day, it's like, it doesn't help you to only have it on one platform. You have to make sure that you're, you know, getting the people on Facebook, that you're acquiring customers on Facebook. And so I think, you know, if it does happen and they don't have a strategy on meta, then, I mean, really they're only hurting themselves because <laughs> they only have it in on one platform. Yeah. So diversification, what, what do you see as the easiest or the, the closest competitor to TikTok? Do you think it's Reels or? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, Reels is pretty, they're pretty aggressive. Um, I, it, again, it's kind of like you're comparing apples to apples because it's still so different in like a TikTok, like a TikTok and an actual Reel. Um, so yes, I would say like it's comparable, but I don't necessarily know if like reels would replace a TikTok, if that makes sense. Sure. You, do you see something new coming down the pipe? Is there a new platform that's coming that's emerging that you think might kind of be popular? I don't know. I mean, Snapchat was really big and I now I'm noticing that more high school kids are getting back onto Snapchat, um, which has been interesting because, you know, a couple years ago, Snapchat was a big deal, but then it kind of fell off when TikTok came in and now Snapchat is kind of coming back again. So, um, I mean, in terms of new platforms, I would say maybe that's something to kind of to, to think about, but I would say kind of, again, your bread and butter would definitely be meta and TikTok. Um, the, I, Snapchat, it's an interesting one. I, we, we've always had a booth at the Retail Innovation Conference uh, in Chicago, and Snapchat, I remember the first year they were there to sell ads, uh, they had a great big booth, and they were excited about it. And I haven't seen the ad thing come up now for Snapchat <laughs> in a long time. I don't even know if it's a thing anymore. Yeah, it, it still is. It's just not as, like, that's not where people are putting their money for, for paid, obviously. Um, but it's just really funny because again, like I've, I've noticed that, you know, I have nieces and nephews who are in high school. I mean, literally that is like the only thing they're on now is Snapchat, which is really weird. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it, it may come, come back around. It, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> if you had one kind of a nugget or piece of, um, of advice, you could give a e-commerce merchant for the rest of this year, maybe even going into black Friday, what would you recommend they do? Um, I would, again, I would 
probably, you know, really look into your um, content creation, your organic UGC. Um, I would really, you know, have people focus on working with creators. I know that, you know, a lot of businesses, unfortunately, they don't want to work with creators because they think it doesn't look as authentic, but it is something that does work really well. It performs well on all platforms. And so I would say that I would definitely take time to invest in it because it, it's, it is content that works and works really well. And I think going back to what you were saying earlier about testing, if you don't test something different, you're never going to know if that different thing worked or not. Right. Creators obviously give you that perspective of, hey, let's try this thing and let's try this. And I also think with with the ability to create content now and the ability to pivot and use tools that are all, allowing you to go, go across multiple platforms, Yeah, that, that even the cost of that creative is much lower than it was, you know, even 10 years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, Lauren, as, um, as I close out the podcast, I get everybody a chance to do a shameless plug about anything <laughs> they'd like to plug. What would you like to plug today? Yeah. Um, so I'm actually coming out with a designer course. So it's specifically for brand new creatives who are looking to, you know, get into the paid social field for advertising. Um, that will hopefully be coming out next quarter. <laughs> um, but yeah, so essentially that's kind of my shameless plug, I guess. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned and um, we will make sure we put your contact information in the show notes and get any information moving forward and 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 I will have some time to put my TikTok videos back up again. <laughs> Perfect. We'll start out with your joke. And yeah. that's probably why they're I now I realize that since I that not, not they're not funny and I'm not paying for them <laughs> that they're not trending. I guess that makes perfect sense. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Lauren. Yeah, thank you, Brent. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the free joke project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.